It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the mind of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you from Corner of the Galaxy Studios on Monday, February 18th. Uh, just days, in fact, I think 13 days remaining until the LA Galaxy kickoff against the Chicago Fire. Preseason coming down to basically its last week as everybody gets ready to face off. I believe it's the Colorado Rapids uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park on Saturday at 8 p.m. So we're going to get you ready and loaded for that game um, just sort of as we continue down this path and of course we'll have a live show on Thursday night that you're not going to want to miss um, so lots of good stuff on tap here at Corner of the Galaxy. Now Kevin uh, the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter still out of town traveling doing some uh, U.S. Women's National Team World Cup prep uh, I believe he was actually in Marseille. I think we talked a little bit about our a little bit about that at our live show. I actually tried to get Kevin to call in, and then um, I screwed up on my side. Just couldn't get the audio apparently to work to get him uh, onto the show. So that sort of went by the wayside. But Kevin certainly stayed up late to try to do that. So shout out to the panda for for trying to give the fans what they want. Uh, always give the fans what they want. In fact, Kevin would probably want me to do um, this. Panda and Pato in the morning. There you go. Just just because I talked to so many people at the live show who said that um, they've almost gotten in car crashes uh, over the air horn. So there you go. Um, so Panda, not here, but I do have a good uh, special guest for us. Uh, John Rojas, a guy who I think I've been man crushing over uh, for so long now here at the um, at Corner of the Galaxy and, and sort of have been doing a whole bunch of stuff, uh, you know, re relaying all the good reporting that John has done. John will be joining us uh, a little bit later in the show, and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things that he is uniquely qualified to talk about, so don't go anywhere for that. You're going to want to stay tuned uh, for John Rojas joining us here on Corner of the Galaxy uh, a little bit later in the show. Um, but as you're stuck with me here for at least a little bit, um, I figured I would take a little bit of time to, uh, to first of all, tell you how unbelievably shocked, amazed, and humbled we were by the amount of people who showed up at the live show at Taps Brewery. First of all, huge round of applause as there's nobody here and I'm talking to myself. Huge round of applause for Taps Brewery for putting out just an unbelievable product. Uh, their food was top-notch. Their beer was excellent. Uh, their choice in entertainment, us, was absolutely out of this world. Perhaps even out of this galaxy, as some would say. Um, but no, the event itself was was amazing. We were blessed with the only sunny day, um, I think in the last, I don't know, it feels like six years, uh, probably just the last couple of weeks. So we had a sunny day. It was perfect. It may, might have been a little bit cold for the podcasters. I think my wife was complaining that it was a little bit cold as well. Um, and I know everybody sort of hung in there and, and just, you know, sort of drank themselves to warmth. But seeing the number of parents families that were there was, was amazing. Um, you know, having little kids come up and, and say that they listen to the podcast. There's a reason that we we skirt the PG-13 line on occasion, but very rarely cross it. And it's because, well, quite honestly, it's a good marketing ploy to make sure that you hook kids at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old and that they get hooked on the LA Galaxy and then they come to you for information. But also because we know that that's a special sort of bond between everybody, that you're able to listen to it in the car. Uh, one father told me, I said, hey, you know, every once in a while we go PG-13. Sorry about that. And he says, don't worry. Every time you go PG-13, my little guy starts laughing. So, um, you know, hopefully we keep everybody entertained and almost that uh, family 
friendly, wholesome environment, but also give you the LA Galaxy news that you want. The the other thing, just the amount of people who turned out, I can't tell you. Um, Taps was estimating between 120 and 130 people. I don't know. We didn't count everybody, um, but you did an amazing job. PJ, uh, PJ won the jersey. He says he's never won anything in his life. Uh, we raffled off that, that jersey for the LA Galaxy Foundation. I think the final total... Well, it's around between $150, $200 that we raised for, you know, the LA Galaxy Foundation. So I'll, I'll make sure that I, of course, always tweet out that amount and show you guys the donation that we made. Uh, you guys did great. Uh, I think the fact it was cold, you bought a whole bunch of Corner of the Galaxy scarves. Uh, there were people wearing their best, uh, the best podcast in the Galaxy shirts there. I saw some pa Panda and Pato shirts uh, were certainly there. Um, just some amazing stories that uh, you guys made it worthwhile. I mean, you know, sometimes I do this and I'm exhausted and I don't really want to record. I know it's hard to believe. Uh, sometimes it, it's a long day and I don't want to stick around and, and talk to myself for an hour and, and, and sit in, my, in, in the studio here and stare at the computer screen. And sometimes I don't want to look and try and do, you know, all of the, uh, all of the news nuggets and all the news bites that come around. But going to an event like we had on Saturday uh, has, has renewed uh, my faith uh, one in people and the fact that there is actually somebody listening on the other side of this microphone on occasion, which is always nice. And uh, you guys blew us away. Uh, ridiculously nice people, everybody I met, and, and the cheers and, and the audience participation. Um, for somebody who can almost play the piano and who routinely has dreams at night, that I am sitting there and, 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 and I'm sleeping and I'm dreaming and I'm thinking about, you know, being a rock star, right? I mean, who doesn't dream of being a rock star? Um, baseball players even, even dream of being a rock star. I mean, everybody we know dreams of being this, this rock star. And, and to, to, for a moment, just for a tiny, itsy-bitsy little moment, to be in front of a group of people... Uh, who appreciate what you do and who laugh along to your stupid, ridiculous jokes. Even the one Larry made about my thinning hair. How dare you, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. Um, all of those things just made my day. Um, Y'all made my day. So thank you. I appreciate that. And I know uh, you haven't heard any LA Galaxy news now for about, oh, six minutes or so. And you're already getting ready to turn this podcast off. But I promise we have a bunch of stuff we want to talk to you. The live show was just the first part of that. The other thing I sort of wanted to get into was the kit release party. Now, I was lucky enough to go with uh, the hammer himself, Eric, the Portuguese hammer, Vieira, uh, accompanied me to the LA Galaxy's launch of their second kit, the Night Navy kit. Um, this is uh, the Night Navy kit that looks like it was uh, it was leaked and released by Rolf Felcher approximately 24 hours before the event, and they got so close, almost there, almost there. Um, I know it's hitting mixed reviews. I don't know if I like it. Um, I think Eric, if I can put words into his mouth, and being he's not going to be on the podcast this week, uh, I can put words into his mouth because he'll probably forget by the time it happens. Um, I think we're both sort of you know on the fence with it. It might be something that you learn to like. Um, I know there's some people who really like it. I know Sarah, uh, one of our, one of our better, Sarah from South Pasadena, there's two of them, but Sarah knows which one she is, um, told me that uh, she loved it and that she thought it was great and she was going to get it. And that's cool. I know there's a bunch of people who were like, yeah, I'm definitely ordering that. I like it. Um, I saw the jokes. It looks like the jersey's still loading um, because of the pixelation on it. And it is. It's, it's got the vertical stripes, which I think is cool. I really do like the Navy, Navy you know, the, the Navy Royal, it's not Royal. It's, it, I don't know what kind of blue you would call it, but between looking at all the blues and trying to figure out what those are, yeah, it's a nice little transition. I personally think I would like it without the pixelation. That would, that would just be me. Um, and Adidas has all of these, you know, templates that they work off of. And, and certainly I don't think anything is new anymore. Um, I don't think it has been new for a very long time. Uh, but you know, at least, and I saw somebody tweet this and, and I tend to agree 
They went for something. They tried to do something different. And whether it hit or miss, they at least were trying. Um, and I wouldn't say this is, you know, quote unquote, cookie cutter. Um, this is a little bit more outside the box. It's still a template. Adidas has how many jerseys around the world? It's It's got to be hundreds. So there's still a template there that they're working off of. And, and certainly with Major League Soccer, it always seems like it's the, it's the most limited template they get. But looking at what the LA Galaxy did um, and looking at what the what the shirt is, it's fine. It's a perfect representation for, of a shirt that will be used, you know, two or three times, probably max, um, you know, in, in Major League Soccer this year. Because, you know, the, having the home whites, um, everybody else usually has the home colors, um, those deep colors. And so you're always going to wear your whites, even on the road. Um, and the home team gets the picket. So, you know, will will the LA Galaxy come out and, and, and decide that they're going to go ahead and put on their, their blues um, for a home game? I don't know. That's that's certainly a question you could ask um, and, and my, one that might have an, have an interesting answer. So, um, but seeing that, going to the event, uh, the Novo at LA Live, I, I've liked it. I liked it last year when they did it. I liked it this year again. Um, you adding uh, Mr. Michael Araujo, who was an unbelievable announcer for our our podcast, um, just outstanding. Having him do it live, and then of course him going up to the Novo the next night, um, and then doing those live announcements for the team, I think was great. I thought Rob Stone. I love Rob Stone. I know there's people who think that he's annoying and and all these other things. I actually tried to get him on the show tonight, and he was busy. Um, that's how much I love Rob Stone. So I would love to have Rob Stone. I think he does a perfect job of uh, of playing to his audience. He's a good guy. Um, if you ever followed any of his bowling coverage yell Hambone at him that's that's also a plus there too I, I think Hambone has its own Wikipedia page at this point um, but no I thought Rob Stone did a great job I thought you know just the visual look of what was able to be accomplished at the Novo um, you know last night was was something that was really um, unique and it's something that you're not going to get you know with other teams I'm sorry that it just doesn't happen um, you know, the, the production value that was put into that night last night, whether it ran perfectly smooth, which I thought it went, it went pretty good. Um, you know, with, with all things being considered, I, I think it went really smoothly. Everything went pretty good. I, I just don't think you get that from anywhere else. Um, granted, I covered the LA galaxy. Uh, you know, maybe I'm going to bubble that. Maybe people will tell me, oh, well, you're living in a bubble. All these teams go through what has to be a ridiculously expensive event to put on for season ticket members and for invited guests and, and for the media. Um, and the place was packed as it, as it should be uh, for an event like that. So, um, you know, the benefits of having AEG as an owner uh, occasionally rear its head. And that was a benefit last night because that's one of the places where AEG does um, their, their sort of, I think, all staff meetings. They do it at the Novo. So this is a place and that is that can be used by AEG companies. Um, is sort of where I'm trying to take it. So it's a unique perspective to see and to take a look at is that that live event is, is a is a unique thing for LA Galaxy fans. Um, it was freezing last night. There was a wind chill. I don't know if there's normally a wind chill in Southern California. Having grown up here my whole life, I tend to believe that there usually isn't a wind chill in Southern California, but it was freezing. Uh, so waiting to get in was a little cold going up. Everything went pretty orderly as far as I'm concerned. Uh, got in. We shot, I think, some, some fun video. It's really low light in there. So trying to do this all off of... Uh, stabilized iPhones and everything else is always a little bit of a challenge. But if you head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, you can see our coverage of that event. Um, Eric did a great job behind the camera. Uh, I did some behind the camera stuff. I did some in front of the camera stuff. So check it out. And we we added in the video, the LA Galaxy released. We added in some pictures of the kit. So it, it's a fun 
it's a fun video to sort of give you an idea and a vibe of what it was like to be at LA Live at the Novo um, for this for this kit launch. Um, the other interesting thing that came out of this, of course, was the official introduction of the 2019 LA Galaxy. Does this mean that it's the final? No, because Latan Ibrahimovic was announced after this particular party uh, last year. So um, just because you saw everybody standing up the stage doesn't mean anything. Uh, but there were some notables that you're going to want to say, okay, that that means something. One of those was that Giovanni Dos Santos was definitely there. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos showed up. Uh, he took part with the team. He got announced as part of the team, and he, he was there. That all happened. Um, so if you're thinking right now that Giovanni Dos Santos isn't going to be part of this 2019 team, I think that I, except in some extreme circumstance that probably I'll get into with uh, John uh, Rojas a little bit later, uh, Giovanni Dos Santos is on this team. But there was one notable absence, um, and I got asked about it a whole bunch, um, and I have been asking about it here for a little while, but the notable absence that we really haven't seen, I think, all through preseason, haven't seen him in any preseason games, haven't seen him on, you know, on the bench, on the side, anywhere else, um, was that Bradford Jamison was not there. Uh, now, I'm hearing, and, and while I don't have 100% confirmation on all this, because I certainly don't have a team name right now, I'm hearing that Bradford Jamison will go on loan this year, at least to start. Um, you know, from what I'm being told, it seems like it, it could be a year-long loan um, out to a USL team. Now, my source telling me a USL team and not saying, you know, LA Galaxy 2 is is a very real difference that you sort of have to sit there and, and ponder because the LA Galaxy have a USL team. It's LA Galaxy 2. It would have been very easy to just say that Bradford Jameson will be loaned down to LA Galaxy 2. Um, right now, it doesn't seem that that's the case, although I don't rule it out at all. But uh, Bradford Jameson, you know, a guy who struggled to get minutes last year. Uh, I believe he only had 271 minutes and maybe eight games played last year. Uh, and that's, you know, on a career that has many more starts than that, many more games played, many more minutes. But, you know, Bradford Jameson at his age, where he's at now, is looking to get someplace where he can actually get playing time, where he can compete, and probably where he can showcase himself for his next team. Because it doesn't seem like he's going to be a long-term solution with the LA Galaxy. Um, and if he's going to go somewhere, you know, it's probably going to happen here in the next year or so. So a loan out to a USL team where he can showcase his talents, where he can start on a regular basis, where he is not in flux all the time, where he's not sitting on the bench, uh, where he's not just an LA Galaxy 2 player whenever he's really an LA Galaxy senior team player. Um, all of those things matter. And, I, you know, I have to think, talking with BJ... And just sort of trying to get his idea uh, of what is going through his head. Always a professional, that kid. Always nice. Um, always has interesting things to say whenever you talk to him. So a consummate professional. But I just get the feeling that he's not happy being at the LA Galaxy anymore. And if, could you, I don't know that you could blame him. I mean, where is he going to get playing time? Uh, even if you go down to LA Galaxy 2, there are now guys who are younger, who are coming up, who might be touted higher than him in terms of the developmental process, who you want to get minutes on LA Galaxy 2 more than you would want to get him minutes. Now, again, it could all be moot if he ends up going to LA Galaxy 2, but that doesn't seem to be the case right now. And I would think that, you know, this looks like, you know, a separation in the making. Um, just by my terms. Now, granted, he could go out on, on a year loan with the USL team and come back, and, you know, he has developed even more as a player, and he's come in, and, you know, he's found himself in the LA Galaxy, want to keep him, and that's fine. They're going to probably have the option to do that. But looking at all this, you know, it seems to be leading towards that. So Bradford Jameson uh, not going to be on the roster for the LA Galaxy senior team here in 2019. At least it doesn't seem like that right now. Um, and so he's out on loan, and, and uh, you know, it's probably a good thing. 
um, as far as I'm concerned. I do think it's a good thing uh, for Bradford Jameson because I think it's time that he gets to, you know, sort of prove himself what he's doing, how he's doing it, um, and how he's going to go uh, about things for, you know, this, this, the, the rest of his career. Because if we've learned anything, and I guess, you know, maybe this is, this is breaking news. I don't know if I said it on live show or not. Um, but, you know, I was able to confirm a report that Jack McBean, you know, is going to be retiring. Um, and so he's a guy who we'll look to have on the show here in the near future. So that way we can talk to him and find out, you know, sort of how it all goes and, and what his next steps are. But as a guy who, uh, you know, I think scored the youngest, scored the, uh, the youngest goal in LA galaxy history, uh, whenever he was 16 and signed as a homegrown player, uh, who played at a rival high school of mine, a Corona Del Mar high school, um, you know, coming up and, and being part of the LA galaxy and doing all that. And then, you know, sort of seeing his way be lost a little bit there. Remember we had the loan um, out to, I think a league one team in, in, in England um, and then coming back and, you know, the LA galaxy two stints and then being forced along with everybody else uh, to try in 2017 to sort of cobble together a roster that was full of young kids that weren't ready to play um, and really not having the support. You know, in my mind, I think Jack McBean has always been a guy who has been, you know, on the cusp of doing some really great things and in the right system could really, sort of provide and, and really sort of uh, take off. But Jack McBean, after an injury to his foot, uh, one that I think came around the time that the Colorado Rapids had played the LA Galaxy and then LAFC, um, right around those times, um, he had an injury to his foot and it was never the same. And now basically everybody's saying that that's going to be it. So for him, uh, he's going to have to uh, hang up the boots and and call it a, a career. So if you're Brad for Jameson looking at that, and I was talking with my good friend Chris Tucker about this, he goes, if you're Brad for Jameson and you just saw a guy who you've been coming up with, who you've been growing up with, who you've been playing soccer alongside have to retire because of you know a freak injury you know you're, you got to be thinking that there is a there's a real need to push the quote-unquote panic button and say I need to find a place to play regular minutes I need to find a place where I can go that you know there's going to be a coaching staff that really believes in me and wants to see me succeed and, and try to get better and I probably need to go a place where I'm fighting for a starting spot at a USL team makes a bunch of sense for that so getting those types of minutes and trying to you know jump that career going forward and quite honestly if you're playing at a position like Bradford Jamison or you know Jack McBean it's, it would always be tough to be on the LA Galaxy, a team that goes after stars, that goes after big-name players to play in those starting roles. I mean, if you're right wing, you're playing behind Roman Alessandrini right now. If you're a striker, you're playing behind Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You're playing behind Ola Kamara. You're playing behind Robbie Keane. You're playing behind Giovanni Dos Santos. I mean, that's just that's how it has been in the past. And so you're seeing that, yes, while the Galaxy may have some of this talent, they can't always keep it because they don't have places to play it because... Where are they going to put it? I mean, Efrain Alvarez is going to have the sort of the same issue. He's going to get some some minutes this year. Um, but, you know, is it going to be starting minutes? Is it going to be minutes that, you know, they can use from other places? And, and, and how much of that is going to possibly lead into, you know, a starting role? Granted, he is the LA Galaxy's prime number one prospect. But if he goes out and struggles... Um, if he staggers, if he stumbles even a little bit, there's not going to be a whole bunch of patience here. Uh, because the LA Galaxy have big-name players who sit behind him or sit on the bench waiting for him, um, you know, to sort of stumble. So that's just, I mean, that's professional sports right now, but especially with the LA Galaxy, if you're a young talent, finding a place to play is difficult. Now, Guillermo Barrescalotto is going to be more open to playing the younger players than some of the other, but he's going to do it the right way with the support of the senior players around him so that way you're not leaving these guys on an island altogether. Um, so, you know, having said all that... I, you would think that there might be a path with the LA Galaxy with with Bradford Jamison, but if they're loaning him out, if this all ends up happening, 
um, which I'm not told. I don't think I've seen anything that says official or anything like that, but it, it feels like it's moving in this direction. And that's why I wanted to make sure that I'm telling you, it looks likely that Bradford Jameson won't be on the LA galaxy in 2018 or 2019. And what does that mean for 2020? Um, you know, so keep that in mind as you, as you sort of, uh, watch all these different things. All right. Uh, more from the kit release party. We were able to catch up and talk to LA galaxy midfielder, Sebastian Legette. Um, got to talk to him about a couple things. Most important was his response to to being injured and, and how he's feeling. And so I want to get you that audio right now. So here's Sebastian Legette after I asked him about uh, how he's feeling and, and sort of how his injury was going. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, I, I think I went too hard too soon. As soon as I got here, uh, you know, kind of went straight into things. Maybe, you know, could have took some time off. But, you know, it's okay. I, thankfully, it's nothing too bad I should be back by next week and and uh you know uh full training and and uh and the game on Saturday all right now my follow-up question uh following along that asking him if that meant that indeed he would be ready for the start of the season when the LA Galaxy kick off against the Chicago Fire on March 2nd yeah yeah no, I definitely think so and I think the medical team thinks so so uh I mean we'll t- definitely take it day by day but you know you definitely want to rush any muscular stuff like that but uh, I will be fine for during the season so thankfully yeah. All right, so some good news from Sebastian Legetta. Actually, looks like he, as he said, uh, you know, going to be back in training with the LA Galaxy this week, possibly to full training by the time that happens. Uh, eventually, going up against the Colorado Rapids coming up this weekend, um, whenever they take their very last preseason game um, going on there. So, uh, you know, again, it seems like he's in, trending in the right direction. Uh, we talked about Giovanni dos Santos. I, I think a little bit he's going to be back to full training. It looks like here pretty soon. Um, we'll discuss that a little bit more with John Rojas, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic back to. Full full training. Uh, John, uh, I'm sure we'll have some good stuff and some good information being all of my injury information has come from John here in a little bit. So overall on the night in terms of, you know, looking at what Night Navy did and, and how the LA Galaxy put the event together, I, I thought it was pretty great. Um, you know, a lot of people, I'll, I'll tell you again, blown away by the amount of people that uh, I got to say hi to uh, that came up, asked for pictures, um, who got stickers from uh, from the Hammer and I as we were going. It, it, it's amazing. Uh, one of the Galaxy guys <laughs> made a joke. We were standing and I was doing one more stand-up spot before um, before we went, basically to close out the video. So that last uh, sort of stand-up that you see me doing there whenever I sort of close out the whole event and, and do a quick stand-up. And so we were doing it up against the wall. Now, Ramon Alessandrini had his line of people that were waiting to meet him and sign things for him and all sorts of stuff just down the way. Um, and we were up the wall, you know, a good 15, 20 feet away. But obviously, it's Ramon Alessandrini. His line is going to get bigger. Um, that's just, that's how it works. And so his line kept creeping. Well, people who were waiting in that line then would recognize Eric and I, and they'd come over, Hey, that, you know, it's awesome, but you know, it's good to see you. Um, and, and we'll come over and, and a couple people asked for some photographs and, and all of a sudden there was like a little line waiting for us too. And, and some of the galaxy personnel who were there were looking, we're like, Oh my, what did you make your own line? And I would just like to point out that I did not make my own line. Um, that I'm flattered the fact that there would be more than one person at a time who wanted to come up and say hi. But I will tell you this right now. Eric and I are of, of this belief. Uh, say hi to us. Come up. We will gladly take pictures with you. We'll talk with you. Whatever you want. You're not going to be bothering us unless we're. Li- I'm literally behind the camera. And then give it like 30 seconds because I'm, I'm usually pretty quick with you know, stand-ups and doing all that stuff. Um, but yeah, we're, we're there for you guys. That's what it's about. If you have a question about you know the galaxy, I will do my best to answer it. If you want my honest opinion on something... 
I will give you my honest opinion. I'll be honest. You get my honest opinion on here all the time. Um, so however that goes, come up and say hi to us. We, we're, we're nice people for the most part. I think Eric can be a little moody sometimes. You give him a Snickers, he's usually fine. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I, I enjoy it and I want to talk with you. It's our job to bring you the best Galaxy information. If that means that I need to answer a personal question that you have about the LA Galaxy, then I'm happy to do it. Um, I thought one of the great things from the live show, um, there's two, there's two fun stories that I'll share here before, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get our, our, our good friend, John Rojas on here, but the, one of the great things from the live show, um, there was a gentleman there who, who brought his girlfriend and he goes and he goes, Hey, he comes up to me and he, he shakes my hand and he, he says, you know, thank you for, for, for the podcast. I said, Oh, it's my pleasure. He goes, that's my girlfriend all the way back there. And so she was way in the back and she was waving and he goes, I bought her a shirt because I'm trying to get her into soccer. Um, so I went over and talked to, talked to her and, and him later on in the event after everybody had pretty much left. And I was at the brewery there until about five o'clock, uh, having some beers with some of the listeners and, and enjoying the, the time and being outside. Um, and I went and talked to her and she's like, actually, I do have a question for you. And I'm like, anything that I can help you with. So she asked me about the wooden spoon and I got to tell her stories about the wooden spoon and how, um, you know, how it sort of kind of came about and all those fun things. So, um, you know, it was great because hopefully that will give her the knowledge that, you know, now that's something interesting. You, you get to find out where's the wooden spoon. And then I told her, of course, it went to San Jose, but it didn't really go to San Jose because San Jose stole the supporter shield. And so they're not part of the independent supporters council. Lots of fun stuff there. Uh, the other fun thing that Eric and I had from the live event or the, the Jersey unveiling on Sunday night, this will probably be one of my favorite galaxy moments ever in the history. Uh, <clears throat> a listener had come up and said hi to us before, but then saw us again and was asking where he could go pick up the auction items. And the reason he was looking for the auction items was because in his, we'll just say slightly inebriated state, he was bidding on the signed Night Navy uh, shirts that were going around for the LA Galaxy Foundation. They were auctioning them off. They were authentics and they were signed by the person who you were bidding on it. And so he was bidding on a couple of them, uh, maybe two or three. Um, and he had the unfortunate uh, luck to have won two of them. Um, and so he spent some significant amount of money and he comes up to us. He goes, where do I pick up the auction items? And I'm like, Hey, I don't know, but we can, we can try to find it. He goes, my girlfriend's going to kill me. He goes, spending this much money. And I'll just say it's somewhere between, um, 600 and $800. You can figure out what that number is in between. If, if you're spending that much money on two jerseys and he's like, she's going to kill me, I'm going to have to give her one. And, you know, and so we were talking about the, the ones and which ones he got. And, and we were saying, we we're saying, well, which ones did you get? Maybe, maybe they were good ones. And, and so he told us, you know, David Bigham and, and Diego Polenta. <clears throat> and we're like, those are good. Those are good choices. You shouldn't feel upset about those. We feel, he goes, but Polenta's an unknown. I go, what you do, you just wait until that defender scores a goal. Then you put that thing on eBay if you're really hurting for some money. All right. Because that'll be the, the height of everything that sort of goes so it was just hysterical he was laughing he was almost crying um but you know the galaxy fandom runs deep uh with galaxy supporters so it was fun to watch so we had a good night at the Novo. Everything was, uh, was uh, I think, a great event. Uh, I hope everybody had a good time. It was great seeing all of you. Um, and, you know, I think that the Galaxy put on, you know, a, a pretty, you know, seamless event there. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. And now we move on to, as I promised, a, a, a guest. I guess you're not stuck hearing me uh, again for 60 minutes or if you're at the live show for, for almost 90 minutes or 90 minutes plus. Uh, you, you actually get somebody else here and somebody who we talked about a bunch 
on the live show, and I'm glad that we could uh, we could rope him in and, and trick him into coming on the podcast. But a uh, very knowledgeable LA Galaxy reporter, somebody who's been doing a great job this preseason season and, and all through last year, and a guy who's uh, lucky enough to sit next to Larry Morgan, not on Twitter in the press box, and that means just one over for me. Please uh, welcome to the show uh, Mr. John Rojas. John, thanks for stopping by, buddy. I appreciate it. No, no, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on today. And, uh, of course, for all the mentions and shout-outs uh, lately. Yeah, absolutely. I know. You're, you're like my new, uh, my new best friend on every podcast that you're not on. But now you're on, so we actually get to talk to you. This will be good. If you're uh, looking to follow John on Twitter, it's at jrojasa75. All right, did I get that right? Yeah, that's correct. All right, all right. And and why don't you tell everybody uh, which outlets you're, uh, you cover, because I know there's a couple of different ones there, but uh, people are going to want to make sure that they follow you, both in Spanish and in English, by the way. I follow John. He actually uh, translates stuff for me because I'm an idiot sometimes. But, John, tell people where they can find you uh, in, in your different outlets there. Uh, yeah, um, what I do is uh, since I moved to L.A., I'm being freelancing, and I'm working for Diario Ask, uh and it's American edition, so it's uh, Ask USA. It's the American edition of the Diario As from Spain. And then I work for Football MLS, will will be the Spanish uh, arm from MLS in Onivision. So that's the two outlets that I'm working on. And then I'm having two podcasts, one in Spanish, Jugador Franquicia. Okay. It's all about MLS. It's, it's MLS always. And then another one in English from New York. It's through CBS Radio in New York, and it's called Soccer in the City. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you, you can find John all over the place, and he's one of the uh, hardest working reporters that I know, so you definitely want to talk to him, and, uh, you know, has been doing a great job here in the preseason. John, you and I talk a whole bunch about this all the time, but it's good to bring this to the podcast, which is, you know, Guillermo Barrascoloto coming into the LA Galaxy has already um, shifted and changed so many things this preseason, and just the way, perhaps, that you and I perceive the team, uh, I think certainly the way the fans have perceived the team, um, you know, what are your big takeaways from, from GBS and from, you know, the, the coaching staff that he's brought in so far in this preseason? Yeah, so there's a few factors. I mean, first is the, the aura itself, right? I mean, uh, there's a coach walking into your locker room which uh, has been winning his whole career as a player and as a coach and has been in the best scenarios and the best uh, derbies that you can count on. So it brings something extra, right? right? When you see the person without even opening his mouth. Then, of course, his, his work rate and, and the, the way they work together as a, as a group, as a unit, with, of course, uh, Javier Valdecantos. Mm-hmm. And I was saying the other day that the package itself is the best addition for the Galaxy. I mean, you may find a really good coach as Guillermo in a different kind of coach, from different, you know, from a different background, but you cannot find that package having that that character and that knowledge person that is uh, Valde Cantos. Right. And you only have Valde Cantos if you have Guillermo. Right. So I think that's the best addition for for, for the team, and that's the best uh, takeaway uh, as them coming into the team. Now, of course, uh, you know the, the way they work. I mean, uh, the, the last thing that I remember right now is. Um, in Saturday after this uh, closed door game against uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, the uh, starters, uh, let's say that, um, play the first 45 minutes, right? Right. So as soon as, as soon as the referee blow the whistle and the first half ends, uh, Baldi Cantos is already by the tunnel, 
and calling the guys, you know, rushing the guys to come in because they're probably going to finish work inside. So he doesn't want anybody to be fooling around. He wants them inside to finish. Okay? Yep. And then, of course, when the second half started, they don't even came out. The only guys came, that, that came out to the field were the guys that were playing the second half. In this case, uh, if I remember fine, I mean, Polenta, uh, uh, this guy, the, the, the Mexican guy, um, oh, Antuna. Antuna. Yep, Antuna. Antuna and Ola Camara in Perry Kitchen. There you the go. The four guys that came back to start the second half. The rest of the guys stay inside finishing some kind of work with, uh, with Javier. So that's, that's the other thing. They're on top of every single element, everything. Yeah, and that of course is it's a it's a very you know big shift, and they have a lot. I mean, Javier works with with a lot of, of um, information, data, technology that gives him uh, elements to take his decisions. So that's that's a plus too. Yeah, and it seems that way. And you and I were were talking. And granted, I have now seen the LA Galaxy play a total of about ninety minutes, and and you know not all of those were starting minutes either. And that was in the one you know sort of open door preseason game they played at Dignity Health Sports Park, uh, with the Vancouver game being moved up uh, to uh, to Dignity Health Sports Park after after supposedly being played uh, or supposed to have been played in Orange County. Um, obviously, with our live event, I couldn't then go up there and make it in time for for the scrimmage. So you're talking about an LA Galaxy team now, John, that really has only played in public for about 90 minutes whenever you uh, you really put everything together. Maybe some Vistel Kobe people got to see that. That was a little closed door as well. Um, but, you know, it feels like, I think for a lot of Galaxy fans, they're not seeing any progression because they're not seeing the team play so far. Where do you put the Galaxy's progression and their readiness to play for, you know, March 2nd against the Chicago Fire? Um, does it seem like Valdecantos and Guillermo all these guys have them pointed in the proper direction all the, already, or are, are they a little behind the curve? Um, I mean, you always need to uh, take into consideration that this is preseason, right? Right. And, and, and at uh, the same time that they are working on their concepts, their philosophy, uh, their positional game, they, of course, are having in mind uh, minutes of play, efforts, physical um, elements of, the, of every single player. So that affects the way they play and, and the amount of uh, minutes that everybody plays, right? So, so far I watched uh, probably 60-something of the game against Kobe. Right. Then the Toronto game. And then 60 minutes of this game against uh, the White Cups. Uh, you see the difference. You see the difference right away in terms of a team that wants the ball, that is more compact, that everybody is moving around. Uh, let me tell you, Jonathan Dos Santos has impressed me a lot. Mm-hmm. For me, he's or, for, because he's already on a, on a mid-season form. Okay, So he's ready to compete right now from the, from the start. And, and that tells a lot, I mean, because that position is a position that requires a lot of physicality and running and covering the spaces, and he is there from the minute one, and that's, that's, that's a lot. When you come in from, from that long period of, of no effort, because uh, you, don't, you don't say no work. You, this, this kind of guys, these professional players, they do something, so they do work, but it's not exactly the same, you know? The, the, yeah. the effort is not the same. Yep. So I think, I think they have their lineup. They probably have one or two doubts. Uh, that's one takeaway. And the other one is um, that if you don't have Zlatan and Ola ready, right. uh, you may have problems to 
to score goals. Yeah, I mean, and that's what we've seen throughout the preseason now. You uh, you had talked to Guillermo, and basically he said he was going to start spooling everybody up. We know Ola Kamara was back in full training after uh, being sick. Uh, we know that, uh, let's see, I talked to Sebastian Legette. Legette says that he hopes to return to full training this upcoming week um, and sort of get back into it and says that he'll be ready to go, possibly even for the preseason game to get some minutes in the preseason game, um, you know, here uh, before you hit March 2nd and really get into the start of the season. But he knows he's going to be ready for the start of the season, and he says the medical staff backs that up. So you have those guys moving. Uh, Zlatan was the one question mark, and John, I'll let you relay the story even better. It was it was one of those things that you talked to Guillermo and you said, listen, you know, you need to give the fans something, you know, some comfort here because you have their leading goal scorer, the guy who really lifted the LA Galaxy on his back and made them, you know, the seventh place team that they were last year. And if it wasn't for that, it would probably be a lot worse. Um, you had Zlatan Ibrahimovic and, and we haven't seen him play. Um, outside of a, a little time there with uh, the Vissel Kobe game, where, by the way, they scored two goals with, uh, I think, Zlatan assisting on both and Ola Kamara scoring both. Um, those are the only goals that have been scored by the Galaxy here in, in the preseason. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and, and it was funny because, uh, first, uh, you know, let's go step by step. The first part is, uh, in that game against Vissel Kobe, I was very impressed with the relationship that you can see on that game, which was the first time that you see this team playing against any opposition between Ola and Zlatan. It was really, really good to see it. I mean, they were in the same page. They score balls. They create opportunities. They have fun on the ball. They move. And remember that that day was the field was really not in a perfect condition. It was right. raining, and, and some players had some issues, you know, holding themselves and staying stable on the field. But you can see that relationship. So when you see that in the first game, uh, inside you say, all right, so, you know, we're ready for something big now. Let's see how this progresses. And then comes the other game, and you don't see that that much because you don't have the, the players there to play. So the funny part with, with Jermo was that um, he may not understand, because it's preseason, he may not understand that people is, like, freaking out where the hell is our DP, right? right. Our big guy. So for... That's why I phrase it that way. I mean, you need to tell something to the fans because the fans are start to ask, where is Latin? He didn't play against Toronto. He didn't uh, uh, train during the week, and he's probably not going to play this weekend. That was uh, before the game against uh, Vancouver. So, And he said, no, no, nothing, is, nothing is, is wrong with him. He's fine. The thing is that he didn't feel like 100% of his recovery after that game, he felt that that recovery was a little harder for him. Right. So we decided, so we decided to slow him down a little bit, uh, let him work on the side some days. He worked with us one or two days during the, the week, but but we we want him for the last week of the preseason in full form, and of course, most important to the beginning of the, of the season. So this is all a result of the way they work. Okay. Right. That's the way they are gonna players because for them uh, justice or fairness is not giving everybody exactly the same it's give everybody everybody what they need right that is justice for them so if if the guy needs a little extra rest or his work needs to be slowed down a little bit they will do it because at the end of the day it's for the benefit of the team and the person itself i mean you don't want to push a guy when they are being injured just at the beginning of the season. Yeah, no, it doesn't do anybody anybody any good for that. And they are working. They are working. I mean, I saw, I saw uh, last week. I saw uh, Gio finishing his work on the side of the team. 
on Saturday before the game, I saw uh, Seba. He was working on the stadium inside. I saw him, you know, pass by him. So he was working uh, at the time that the team was playing outside against Vancouver. So they had their plan. They had their schedule. And everybody is, is, is getting on their own you know, starting point for the for the preseason. Well, we we move now to uh to a fun topic. Um, uh, talking a little bit about Giovanni dos Santos, John. You and I have been so focused on the fact, and, and maybe it was me. Maybe I don't want to throw you in the same boat, but I know most reporters were sort of on the fact that it looked like the LA Galaxy were ready for a separation between them and Giovanni dos Santos. And now, um, obviously coming into preseason, hearing what Jonathan dos Santos had to say, and I know you have some comments on that. Um, just looking at now the position the LA Galaxy are in, it's no longer in my mind a matter of, um, you know, what happens if Giovanni Dos Santos leaves the LA Galaxy. It's now what happens when Giovanni Dos Santos stays with the LA Galaxy because it looks likely that they're going to somehow restructure that contract. And, you know, unless MLS throws a hissy fit and throws up the flags and, uh, you know, threatens the LA Galaxy and a whole bunch of stuff and they have to ship him out on an emergency loan somewhere, um, that seems to be the only thing that's sort of the hiccup or, or anything that can get in the way. So Giovanni Dos Santos, for all intents and purposes, is on the LA Galaxy for the 2019 season, at least until summer. Um, so what does that mean to, one, the LA Galaxy as a team, as a, as a group of players, and, and where does he fit in? And, and two, what does it mean for a fan base who has, as we heard uh, at the live event of the, uh, well, one at our live event, and two at the the Jersey release party, um, that the fans have sort of had it enough with with Giovanni dos Santos. He's getting booed at a at a Jersey launch event. Um, so, what does it mean for both the team and for the fans when Giovanni dos Santos stays? Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a thing with thing many with- elements around it, but um, what I take is this. Uh, since the end of last season, uh, Jonathan was very clear. I'm not, you know, people started to talk about how Gio should go and maybe that will be the spot that Zlatan will take as a DP and that kind of stuff, right? right. So um, speaking with Jonah, um, I asked him, uh, what happens if the team decided that, you know, they're going to cut the relationship with your brother? Are you, you know, willing to go through? Are you staying? What is your stance on that? And he said, no, 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 whatever. I mean, he's going to stay, but whatever happens, I'm staying here. Right. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And now this year, uh, Jonathan, I spoke with him, and he was very strong with his wording. I mean, he said, Gio is staying. It's not nothing like, you know, we're thinking about it. Uh, let's see what happens, or we need him. No, he said very clear. He's not going anywhere. He is staying. We need him. The team needs him. So that, you know, in my mind, uh, one thing is what should be happening, what is the ideal world, and the other thing is what is going to happen. And in my mind, he is sustained. Right. From I never thought about it. I always thought that Galaxy, the brothers, and, and, and the front office are ready to work this out and keep him. And, and in the same page, I think, has been the words of, of Guillermo, because Guillermo, since day one, he always has mentioned Giovanni as part of the core that he wants to work with, right. you know? Right. And, and of course, the coach is always the face and it's always the one who has to give out a message of, of, of normality, uh, tranquility, and everything is fine. So you understand that maybe the coach goes that way. But he always has mentioned, you know, Giovanni, Jonathan, um, uh, Zlatan, and, and, and of course, uh, Alessandrini, as the places that he wants to build the 
the the, the front of the team with. So he's the same. Now uh, I think that with this, I compared this situation of of uh, Gios with the situation of Maradona when. Everybody wanted, or half of the country wanted Maradona as the coach of the national team in Argentina, mm-hmm. right? So here is the breaking point, okay? And and and, and what this was the concept: give him the team. I mean, half of the country want him on. All right, stop waiting for him to talk and trash every single coach because he may do things better. Right. Give him the team. If he goes fine, if he, everything goes fine, and he succeeds, great. You have an idol who is succeeding with the team. If not, then he has to be quiet yeah. because he couldn't do it either. So this, here is the point now with Giovanni, right? Right. So he's staying. All right, here's your chance. Redeem yourself or you know what? Take the door out and leave. Yeah, I mean, because that's, that's really... That's... It's, it's on you. It's on you, you know? It's not, it's not because the team at the best moment of the organization with the best coaching staff of the last, you know... Uh, five, seven years, didn't give you the chance. It's on you. Yeah, it, and it has to be. I mean, whenever you look at Giovanni Dos Santos and, and, and where he's at, and, and people said, well, you know, he's getting booed and, and all that stuff. It's, yeah, and the same people who are booing him now, if he comes out, John, and if he performs, if he shows the effort that everybody expects of him, if he tries and earns whatever contract he actually ends up signing with the LA Galaxy for this last year, however that works, if he comes out and performs, people are going to cheer for him. And that's sort of been... Totally. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's as it should be, by the way. There is pressure on players to perform. There is pressure on players to earn their pay check and that's part of the the sport and with Giovanni you know of course the focus has always been intense but you know Giovanni Dos Santos has to do his part as well this year which is he can't be hiding from the media like he has been over the last couple of years John um, he can't come out there and play and have a bad game and then decide that he's not talking to the media. And he can't, all, by the way, conversely, have a good game and then decide he's not talking with the media. He has to do his part to actually be part of this team now. And I think a lot of this is performing on the field and then saying and answering the bell when things either go well or, or go badly. He has to play the part this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, uh... You know, one part of me, I agree with that because I'm a, a media member, of course, right. and, and I want the players to take that responsibility. But on the other side, uh, you know, if you look at a, as a player's perspective, he has all the rights to, you know, I don't want to speak with the media, period. Yeah. And it's not bad because at the end of the day, what the people demand from you is to perform. Yeah. So if you go out there and kill it every single game and contribute to the team and score goals and have assists, then, okay, you don't want to speak, don't speak. You're speaking on the field. Yeah. But at least speak on the field is what you have to do. Now, one thing that is for sure is that he is not going to fool Javier Valdecanto. <laughs> okay? Yes. So he's not, he's not going to come and say, oh, you know what, I have a little you know, pain right here. Because Javier is going to open his computer and he's going to say, look, this level is here, you should be fine. This level is here, you should be fine. You wore this, you should be fine. You wore that, you should be fine. So you know what? I don't think you have any pain. You want to go back on the, on, the, on, the, on the bicycle, do some rounds, and come back to me and see if the pain is gone? 
and the pain will be gone. And the, and the pain, yeah, exactly. No, and we talk about, and, and you and I have talked about it, uh, you know, especially is, is zeroing in on Javier Valdecantos, his his love for technology, his embracement of, of all the things. I mean, you see the guys wearing the GPS trackers, which they've done through multiple other coaches, but the fact is that Javier Valdecantos, I think sometimes without even opening his computer, knows what all those stats are because he's looked at them throughout the night and he's obsessed over them and he's played out plans for each individual player. So just by going up to a player and talking to somebody like Giovanni Dos Santos, he can say, listen, I know you can work harder. I know you can do more. I know that last practice that, you know, you mailed it in. And quite honestly, if you're going to mail it in again, then you're just not going to play. And I'm going to tell Guillermo that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing because you and I have talked a bunch about this, John. The guy who's in charge of this preseason right now, yes, it's Guillermo Barrescoloto, but it's Javier Valdecantos. He's the one who's driving this preseason right now. Because the amazing the amazing thing with Javier Valdecantos is that uh, – he has been on, on this career for so long that he has the good of both uh, worlds. You know, I mean, when you speak with people that have been so long on their, on, uh, on their craft, they use or tend to do the things in one same way, right? I mean, right, they yeah. may tweak a little something here, a little something there, but they never change, you know, from, from the top to the bottom because they're not going to change. They're not going to turn around the things and a, and a 180 degrees, right. they're going to stay, you know, on, on their path and maybe add here or there a few elements. But Javier Valdecantos did it. So for so long that he has been in his career, his career can be breaking two. One before the technology and one after the technology. So he knows that all part of the job in which you see a player walking and you know he's hurting or not. Right. But he is so intelligent that now he works with technology and can back that sense that he got from the beginning of his career with the facts and that and, and the information and the data. So and it's not easy to find someone that is willing to, you know, put aside everything you know from the field and start learning again with the help of the technology. So you have both ways with him. You know, he can look at you and, and say it, but he can go back to the data and back it up. Yeah, I'm waiting for him. If you saw the documentary for Boca Juniors Confidencial, I know you have, John. I hope our listeners have. I've, I've plugged it enough. But he had these uh, light boards set up that uh, worked on, you know, fast twitch muscles and, you know, eye coordination and reaction times and all this stuff. And those guys were in the gym dancing and, and, you know, pressing on these lights with their hands or with their feet and just moving around like crazy. I'm waiting for that to be installed at Dignity Health Sports Park because once that happens, you know that uh, the LA Galaxy have gone full in on Javier Valdecantos. And I don't think. I think uh, it could come any sooner whenever that happens. And I think it's the step forward, really, that the LA Galaxy, you know, sort of need to once again be the crown jewel of Major League Soccer. And we talk about it so much. You know, the five-time MLS Cup champions is great. Um, but, you know, that can quickly be a thing of the past, like DC United being the uh, the team of the past. And granted, they're on their way back up. But right now, when you think about DC United, you still think about the team that was, you know, kings of Major League Soccer for, you know, the first 10 years of Major League Soccer. But outside of that, have sort of fallen away. And for the Galaxy, they're quickly, quickly becoming removed 
from that last MLS Cup championship in 2014. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but uh, you know, you're know, you now in 2019 as, as the things go around. So as we've seen this whole thing go, John, uh, we've talked a little bit about the coaching staff and what they've added. Um, we've talked a little bit about you know Giovanni Dos Santos staying and, and how that goes. So now we have to ask the question, and you know, I feel like I'm leaning in one direction. I'd like to hear what you say. There have only been really two major additions to this LA Galaxy team in the offseason, the same LA Galaxy team that that finished seventh place in the Western Conference last year, and that's with Diego Polenta and uh, Uriel Antuna. Um, Antuna coming in on loan, Diego Polenta being signed. So you look at those two additions. Are the LA Galaxy, with all the people that they have returned with the coaching staff, with these two additions, um, are they a better team than they were last year? Just whenever we're looking at them through this preseason, does it make sense that they're going to have a better 2019 than they did in 2018? Oh, it's a tough question because you got to remember, we're talking, you know, we're talking uh, last minute, we're talking on the paper. You don't see the team already competing. Right. So that's the, the main point to decide how the team is doing is with competition. But uh, what you can say from two, the two additions is that first is there were very smart additions. Right. Because they're very good players. They're players that, that since now they are contributing to the team and that they came in in the middle of the tight spaces that the Galaxy have in terms of salary and, and, and caps and, and uh, DP slots and international spots. So they, very, you know, they were very, very smart on getting those guys. Diego Polenta is a guy who Guillermo wanted for Boca Junior a long time ago. And right. he couldn't get it out of Nacional, the Montevideo. So it's a tie there, and he was free. He was a free agent. And God knows, you know, you, you didn't pay any kind of transfer for him. Right. And he is really, he is really, really good. I mean, I know that he doesn't feel now like 80% because he still needs to get better. But what he is bringing to, to, to the, that center of the defense is really, really smart, really good to see. Now, Real Antuna is the guy who, you know, you're going to take the most out of it because you probably have it only for one season. I right. Mean, he's mine. He's only... 20, uh, 20, 21, and I think 20, isn't he 21? 21, 20, I think he's 21. I think he's going to be 20. He's, 20, he's going to be 22 very soon, I think. Uh, yeah, like, that probably even, is it. I think this month or next month. Anyway, it's, it's in, in, in the early 20s, and his mind will be, and, and is, is not, I don't have a problem with that, but his mind will be, let's get to Galaxy, let's be a great player, have a great year, and come back to Europe. Why yeah. not? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Manchester City's so, calling, so right? Take, <laughs> right, exactly. So you're gonna take the most as you can of this guy. And in that note, I saw a little, a little uh, test, a little uh, exercise that Guillermo did with him against against Atlanta United, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, he played him as as a four. Okay. For 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 some minutes, and I didn't dislike that. I mean, he didn't have a clear chance to score, but I didn't dislike what I saw from him up top. Uh, fighting for the ball and facing center back and running behind and looking for spaces. I think this is a guy that can contribute a lot in that center of the line of three behind Zlatan, for example. Right. Right? So Zlatan could play with his back against the goal and Uriel Antuna coming, helping him, right? Right. That, that is a really, I think that is a really good spot in which Antuna can help. Of course, everybody knows by now that, Uriel, that Antuna will play through the wind. Right. That's his main position. But in certain scenarios, you can use him there. And I, I, I really like what I saw there. 
So those two additions make the team better. Better, yes. It's a it's a best it's a better team than uh, 2018. Um, yes. Um, and and they're getting into the idea of Guillermo. Uh, definitely is going to be uh, a more physical team, a better prepared team. Yes. Yep. So now we're gonna you, you, we need to see you know the team competing and then how the season goes because uh, you don't want you know things can happen and you don't want three four injuries at the same time in the same period of the season or that kind of stuff right you, you're gonna have uh, people out of the team for Copa America and Copa and Gold Cup Gold Cup yeah uh, inter, in, yeah international collapse so you gotta deal with those too. Uh, but I think the team is is going in the right direction, and I don't know if this is uh, news or not. But uh, Guillermo and and Javier and of course uh, the, the brother yep. they signed for three years. Okay. So, well, may, I I don't know that we know that. So so three years is 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 a well, is a great. I know that. Yeah. Here I'll, I should make the breaking news sound or something. I should have some sort of drop to <laughs> at least play whenever John comes on here and drops news. Uh, yeah, three year deal. I third I. I think we heard it was a multi-year deal. We just didn't know what it is. So if it's three years, it's, it makes yeah, sense. It's three years. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's great information. It's, it's so so him for so those guys for three years. I mean, that is the galaxy going more or less, you know, all in on these guys and and really providing them the time right. to to do what they're supposed to do because we we all know. Guillermo Barrascoloto is probably not 100% thrilled with one the roster that he has right now, John. He probably no, wants some different players. Can. I mean, right. And any coach will be. I mean, uh, every single coach that comes in a team wants at least to have, you know, six, seven moves that he can have some certain amount of certainty with the players that he brings in and are going to play with him. Right. And he couldn't. Yeah. yeah. But he know that from the beginning. So he's not complaining. He's not saying anything. He's just playing by what he has, right? Absolutely. Whatever he has is what he's going with, and he's fine with that because he knew it from the beginning. Okay, don't, don't doubt for a minute that Guillermo sat down with Javier Valdecantos and studied every single of these players before signing the contract. Yeah. He did that, I know for, for sure. Yeah. So the idea will be, okay, this year we have to be uh, playing playoffs. Right. That, that will be their goal. That will be their goal. Second year, we can have a little bit of turnaround on players. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. And and if everything goes by plan, the minimum requirement for us as a coaching staff is we have to be at the final in the third year, at least, not before. Yeah, if not before. Right. Yep, no, I agree. I mean, and that's an accelerated time frame that, you know, Galaxy fans are going to push on this as well. The Galaxy fans need to see a team that finishes in the top half of the Western Conference. It's not just going to squeak into the playoffs in seventh, I don't think, is going to be necessarily a, an improvement over last year. Um, you want to see this team be, you know, a fourth, a third, a, maybe a fifth place team in the Western Conference to show that you're making progress. See how the run goes there. You never know. It's MLS, right? You can you might be able to win it all in your first year. Um, but, you know, yeah. that. that that's, that's more unlikely than it is, you know, likely. And as the progression goes, you know, that second year, really, you should be starting to look like an MLS Cup contender. And third year, you're you're raising the cup or, or really the coaching staff probably feels like they've they failed in what they've laid out to do. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and for, I know for the Galaxy fans, especially, it may not mean a lot, but you have in the middle the, the cup, right? The right. open cup. And, yep. and that will be a silverware that, you can have in the middle of, you know, your uh, beginning of the tenure here for them. So uh, they, they know that, they want that, and they're here for that challenge. That's, that's for sure. 
All right. If you're looking for him on Twitter at J Rojas A75 on Twitter, make sure I'll, I'll make sure that he's linked in some of these tweets, stuff like that. But make sure you follow John. He is a wealth of information, uh, a really great reporter, and he's got so many outlets uh, as he freelances and does a bunch of things that uh, I'm pretty sure this guy can keep you uh, probably more entertained than I can. So uh, definitely follow John. He's a great guy. John, thanks for stopping by, buddy. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Josh. A pleasure for me. All right, there's John Rojas again. Go follow him on Twitter at jrojasa75. This I'm serious at jrojasa75. J r o j a s a75. Let's see if I screwed that up anywhere. I'm sure I did. Uh, but yeah, you're you're gonna want to follow him. This is a guy who you need to know in order to uh, to be able to track your LA Galaxy um, and understand everything that's going on. So some some great reporting done by John. All right. Um, I think that about does it. I think we've covered everything that we need to cover for today. Uh, we got you through the uh, the corner of the Galaxy Live event. We got you through the jersey launch. Um, I, we've got you updated on you know Sebastian Legette, on Bradford Jameson. Um, you know all of the great coverage that you've seen of that uh, jersey launch. We'll give you all the sound bites that you need to do, need to have there. Um, whether it was uh, Guillermo Sparrowskolodo talking, whether it was Dennis DeClose talking, whether it was Latan Ibrahimovic, whether it was the booze raining down on Giovanni. Del Santos. There were also cheers. I don't want to be unkind. There were cheers. There were boos for Giovanni Del Santos um, right there at a jersey. And if you couldn't see that coming, by the way, then you're pretty blind because everybody sort of expected that that would be exactly what it was. Um, so it's all a matter, as we've certainly heard John talk about and, and now me talk about. It's about him coming out and showing that he has to play. Um, for me, I would like to see him play you know, a bigger part this year, I would like to see him talking to the media. I would like to see him walking through, you know, the the Champions Lounge and signing autographs every single game, whether he plays well or not, to show that you know he's a big boy, um, that he can handle the criticism and that he can take it, and that he can strive to try and be better than that criticism. Because this is it, uh, the LA Galaxy. You know, ultimately, you would think with the contracts they're trying to get around, you would think that he doesn't have a long term uh, stay with the LA Galaxy anymore, um, even at a discounted rate. That that's that probably isn't worth it anymore for the LA Galaxy, and it's certainly probably not worth you know the PR PR nightmare that they have to deal with all the time and and, and all that stuff. So for them, for Giovanni dos Santos, this 2019 season, the beginning of this 2019 season is going to be one of the most important things that he has. And it looks like uh, you know Javier Valdecantos and Gamer Barcelona are going to have him on a short leash, and that they you know I think they're going to have him up and running and pointed in the right direction whenever this season kicks off. Um, we'll see how that goes and, and where he plays. It's still a complete mystery to me where Giovanni Dos Santos would play in this formation, but we may find that out here pretty soon. Uh, as you heard John Rojas talking about, you know, the LA Galaxy have their formation. We pretty much know who it is. Uh, it's David Bingham at, at goalkeeper. There's no doubts about that. Rolf Felcher out on right, mostly because they, they really don't have anybody outside of uh, Julian Araujo who could possibly fill in there, but is a step down. Now, what happens if he actually has to fill in? Then he has to step up, so... Not a big surprise there. So, Ralph Felcher. Uh, you have Dan Steris, who was probably a big surprise. It's a big surprise to me coming into this, but looking at how he has played in the preseason, you're sitting there, okay, he stepped up and he, he made the moves he needed to move, needed to make, and he's there now. Uh, he's a starter. You have Diego Plenta. He's a starter. You have Jorgen Shelvick on the left side, which is something that we had predicted last season could be a possibility for him. He is the left back for the LA Galaxy. Jorgen Shelvick on the left side. And Tuna seems like the likely starter at left midfield. You have Jonathan Dos Santos and Sebastian Legette, if they're healthy, starting in the center. Uh, Roman Alessandrini starts on the right side. You have Ola Kamara and 
Zlatan Ibrahimovic. If not, you have Pontius you work in there. You have Cuello you work in there. Um, you know, the, you have Efrain Alvarez. You heard John Rojas talking about Antuna possibly playing a forward as well. Pontius could slip into that left midfield role. All of these things are now possible, but you understand where the LA Galaxy are. They have chosen their lineups. They have chosen who their starters are. It's really just a matter of getting through this last preseason game without anybody getting injured, and then it is on to Chicago on March 2nd, and that is literally not that far away. All right, this is all coming to a head very quickly for the LA Galaxy and the roster compliance date on March 1st. Will we actually find out what Giovanni Dos Santos's fate is? I'm convinced he's staying with the Galaxy. John is convinced. How did the Galaxy convince Major League Soccer? And if you listen to our live show, we brought in a whole bunch of, you know, sort of issues that that brings up and, and what could possibly happen. So that's what you're looking at for this LA Galaxy team. Giovanni Dos Santos, whether he's staying, still a bunch of questions to be answered, but we have a lot of answers as well. All right, that about does it for us today. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jguessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast is where you can find me. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can click on the shop button there. You can get some of our scarves, 2018 scarves still available, uh, just about getting ready. As soon as we get rid of all these scarves, I will make a new scarf. That's how it works. You gotta, you guys got to buy the rest of these, and we'll get them out of here. But starting, uh, I'll, I'll try to see if I can take some to the stadium with me, but we can meet up before uh, the stadium and, and get that done as well, all right? You guys were awesome at the live show. Hopefully, we continue to move those, and then I'll make some new scarves. That's how it works. Uh, let's see. Other than that, head on over to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, any place basically you get podcasts, you should be able to find Corner of the Galaxy, and then tell your friends. If you tell five friends and they tell five friends, it's math that will soon take over the entire galaxy. All right. Uh, If you're, let's see, I've already said everything you're doing. Make sure you go follow John Rojas on Twitter. That's the important thing. All right. For John Rojas stopping by and being an excellent guest, I'm Josh Yesman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.